Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Gary Phillips about One Shot Harry and his other work. Welcome, Gary. Uh, thanks for having me, Dan. Oh, I'm so excited. This this book was so gritty and so different from what I have been reading. You know, I read all across all genres, yes. but this hit home because I do live in Los Angeles and the book is set in Los Angeles in 1963. Is there a reason, a specific reason for 1963? You know, that's a good uh, question. Uh, I've written, of course, contemporary uh, novels. That is to say, you know, uh, novels set in this time period in, in LA or, or, you know, going forward when I first started writing about uh, mystery. For some reason, I had been thinking about this character of uh, Harry Ingram, this uh, this crime photographer based, or that's it, not based is probably not the correct word, but inspired by the real life. Of course, there was Ouija, uh, Arthur Fellig, uh, who's somewhat famous or infamous uh, from New York back in the days of the 30s and the 40s. And he himself inspired actually a... Uh, a uh, TV show with Charles Bronson of all people playing him uh, <laughs> in the in the late fifties, uh, and so that was one uh, one kind of inspiration. But then there was a real Harry Adams, and Harry Ooh. Adams was a black photographer here in Los Angeles uh, in this time period, fifties and sixties, and he was not a crime photographer per se, but I thought the sort of combining. Uh, the the vibe of these two characters of the or the the feel of these two characters I thought could be interesting and then I had stumbled upon in just you know going down the rabbit hole of research of this <laughs> this or that uh, that King Martin Luther King and, and he had come to Los Angeles several times but in particular he came back to L A in April of sixty three uh, this is four months before the famous March on Washington. Uh, we did have a Wrigley Field here in Los Angeles, uh, built by the same family, not as famous as, of course, the one that still stands in Chicago, but ours was, in fact, in South Central. Uh, the Triple A Angels uh, at that time played there, and King had held the Freedom Rally at that stadium. And so I thought, well, all right, now I've got Harry, now I've got this kind of interesting uh, uh, historical incident. And can I build a story around it? And that's kind of how how it all came together. Well, I will tell you what a story you built around it. I will say that for anyone who needs a history lesson of Los Angeles and the things that were here, this is definitely the book for it. It's well, so you. well researched. Uh, I love the map, which I will show. There's a map in the front and the back cover of the book. That is a map of Los Angeles and where a lot of the action happens right. in this book. That was fun. I uh, I will tell you, Santa Barbara Avenue drove me bananas. Yeah. And so I think on the last chapter, I finally found something online that told me that's now Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Boulevard. So right. I was like, I can't find it. So, but it was 
it was fun. But that kind of detail was very interesting because it wasn't just, oh, we were at a house down the street. There's yeah. specific reasons Harry Ingram and the rest of the characters are in these situations and in these places. Exactly. And that that further made me a lot more interested in the story. The sad thing of about that time period is the overt racism that Harry would have experienced. And so would any other person of color or a gay person, anyone who was outside of the white establishment. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. And I felt like you did such a great service to that, Gary. It was it it talked to my soul. It talked to my heart. And it reminded me of the places we've been and how far we still have to go in this world. Right. It's not just 1963. So it's, we still have a lot of issues that we're dealing with in today's world. That is so true. Absolutely. And, and, and as you say, Dan, I, I, listen, uh, my job is I'm an entertainer, right? I, I hopefully I'm going to give you a, uh, an interesting, uh, compelling story. Um, but as you said, look, it's set in a certain time period, so you can't you kind of can't ignore that time period, right? You can't ignore the import of what that meant that uh, Chief Parker, uh, the chief of police then, William Parker, did in fact actively recruit uh, white officers from the Jim Crow South. And it, that was a very specific reason, you know, for that. It wasn't just <laughs> it wasn't just looking to expand the, the 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 pool of applicants for the police department. So all these are factors that that come into play, and hopefully, but they're threaded through. Which what I hope is, of course, a mystery story that will take you along. Yes, absolutely, and it is. I think it's important to point out that it's not just a, a history lesson. History just is simply woven in this story, and we see that Harry's successes and struggles are influenced by the world around him. And that was that was interesting because it gives him a dynamic that he has a hill to climb. Right. In a way that some of the other characters don't have that hill to climb. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and Harry's kind of aware of that, right? I mean, he is. Yes. He, yes. He, he, he's certainly a man of his time. Uh, and 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 Harry is a, a, a Korean War vet. We should we should mention that because he is yes. suffering from what we would now call PTSD. But in those days, uh, we called it uh, uh, shell shock or, or mm -hmm. combat fatigue. Uh, and Harry is aware of these things. Uh, now he is not, uh, he is not, uh, so enlightened that he has gone to see a, uh, a therapist though. Maybe, maybe I've already done the second book. So he's like, he doesn't in the second book, maybe in the third book, maybe Harry will finally get, you know, get that, that treatment that he needs, that help that he needs, but nonetheless, but, but he is at least, you know, these are inklings, right? These are kinds yes. of things at the, at the, at the edges of his consciousness and that he's aware of. And he's, you know, he has fellow vets that he talks to. And but as he moves about, right, as you, as we as we would say, as he moves across this landscape, uh, you know, and, and still. But L.A. is still a fascinating city and it has all these it various is. facets. And so we try to you know, I try to give that in the book. And and you do. And you we see supporters and allies mm -hmm. all over the place. And we see those that are against us. And those are the things that are really interesting. Los Angeles and with a lot of authors, I find that if they put a lot of detail and attention into the city they're writing about. The city becomes almost a secondary character. Mm -hmm. and Los Angeles certainly does in this book. Mm -hmm. um, so Hanisha and Clovis provided me a bit of humor when I don't necessarily know that they were supposed to be humorous, but 
how did you feel about Hanisha and Clovis as far as an author goes? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's you know how it is. You know, you're you you move it along, Dan, and you're kind of you know you're writing this scene, and then you think, well, they could just be throwaway characters, or maybe we could give them a little something, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we could. Maybe we are, yes, they kind of serve a function to get Harry from point A to point B yes. or or C to D, right? I guess in that case, right? But <laughs> but they could be still their own people. We could round them out a little bit. We could give them a little something on the page. And therefore, and of course, there's a hint at, toward the end uh, uh, about um, their fate, or particularly, I suppose, Clovis. Uh, and so the idea being that, yes, you're right. They, I, I put them there to kind of give us a little levity uh, but but also a little dimension, a little shade, a little something. You know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom in Harry's world. No, Harry's, no. you know, right? And 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 Harry, you know, is experiencing this life and uh, with he and, and and his lady love Anita Claire and and and, and her folks and, and stuff. And and so yeah, I think the more you can give these characters dimension on the page, uh, the more than of course we as a reader, I think, will respond to them. But also uh, to the point. It really, because in my head, you know, dropping hints that they may turn up again in some fashion. And I hope they do. I really, you know, it's it's one of those things. It It's very different. So I will point out what the opposite end of the spectrum. You talk right. about Johnny Otis and Dexter Gordon. Yeah. Great reverence and love and care. And then here is Hanisha, who is sort of a failed entertainer. So we have from one end of the spectrum to the other. So it's not just that I found them humorous, but they do serve a purpose because here we have two people in real life, Johnny Otis and Dexter Gordon, who right. live blessedly long lives and right. are very right. influential. Yeah. And so I, and of course I know both of the, well, I know their music. I didn't know them personally. Uh, one degree of separation from Johnny Otis. But, oh, right on. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But That's I just, good. I did enjoy that. I also liked the music of that era. Right on. Right so on. that was something that that appealed to me. Excellent. And Anita Claire, what's um, <laughs> what is your take on? I like Anita. I she's a solid character. She's yeah. a, really a lovely offset to Harry. I think. I think they bring separate things to the table, yes. which I thought was very beautiful. How did you feel about writing Anita? Well, Anita is again kind of like how Harry is a combination of uh, you know the, the people we the two guys we mentioned earlier Anita is also that for me in terms of uh, folks that I know know coming up uh, I, I way back in the day I was a community organizer and a labor organizer and but but knew a lot of people who were uh, older the old guard of the left in Los mm -hmm. Angeles right mm -hmm. uh, people who were around Dorothy Healy those kinds of folks and because I did think that they, those people did do a lot of good in terms of advancing civil rights and, and putting their uh, lives and careers on the line mm -hmm. at times, uh, I thought I wanted to pay homage to that in, in the body of Anita Clare, because as, as we would term her now, she's a, she's a red diaper baby, or both her, her, both her folks uh, who are still alive in the, in the context of the book are uh, old time, uh, uh, at least fellow travelers of not true blue communists, <laughs> uh, <laughs> members, members of the party. But, but, but it was also, of course, as you say, Dan, it's important that she is her own person and mm. that we bring her to life on the page. And, and as we find out in the first book, and then this also will play out in the second book, 
Anita has her own secrets, uh, her own kinds of uh, uh, crosses that she's bearing uh, that she has not told Harry about, uh, though it bothers her that she hasn't told Harry about this. And so this will also come into play uh, more, more prominently in the second book, but of course it starts to develop now in this in this first book. But it's also it is also about creating her character so that she has a kind of both a, a, a kind of a underground uh, personality, mm -hmm. right, aspect to her, but of mm -hmm. course above ground because it, it, as we find her in the book, uh, she is working for uh, Tom Bradley, who in fact at that point uh, had uh, retired from the police department and was in fact running uh, for the city council. Uh, of Los Angeles. Yeah, and I thought that bringing in her parents' affiliation with the Communist Party was was so well done, and it was a wonderful move, I think, if I get to critique it. I thought it was a wonderful move on your part for bringing in something that existed at the same time. The party still exists. It's very different, I would imagine, today as it was back then. Right. But I, I looked at how many things had to have been underground for characters during this uh, during this era. And I thought, you know, to get ourselves ahead, we have to push and pull and prod and, and do all kinds of things. And that was one of the options. So I really did enjoy that part of the book. Well, thank you. Well, it's good. Well, put, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always nice when I get to be a fanboy of someone's work. So, <laughs> So for a little bit of history, because I did know what it was, but um, can you tell us what a sundown town or sundown city is? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> a sundown town, as, as, as is talked about or mentioned in the book, uh, which in those days was, in fact, uh, Glendale. Uh, mm -hmm. And in fact, at one point, so was Culver City. Uh, but Culver City had a very interesting history, its own kind of interesting history. Uh, which I at some point to go into, but essentially a sundown town was if you were a person of color, particularly if you were black, mm -hmm. uh, you might be able to pass through that town or you might be able to stop and, you know, buy something at the store or you might even be able to sit at a lunch counter uh, during the day. But mm -hmm. when the when the sun sets or as or as the sun is setting, <laughs> you, you should not be there. Uh, mm -hmm. If you were there, the police would uh, pick you up on uh, this or that supposed charge and uh, the least that might occur to you would be to uh, uh, spend a night or two in jail and that could be in fact the the very least that might happen to you uh, in in a sundown town. I appreciate you sharing that and I appreciate that being part of the book. I think it would surprise people uh, who look at history mm. to find out how very many places in this country were sundown uh, towns. Yes. I, Miami Beach was a sundown town until the early 70s. Right. It is right. it's horrifying to me seriously to yeah. think that those things existed and how late they existed. It isn't like it was just one or two places. There were unfortunately too many places like That's that. right. That's right. That's right. And 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 the whole other discussion uh Dan uh, and yeah. some other point about <laughs> but you know why there was the green book. I mean, yes, there was that movie, but the movie was really uh, it has nothing to do with the green book uh, but but that the, the the real purpose of the green book was in fact so that the 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 negro traveler mm -hmm. could travel safely across uh, parts of the country because you knew that in those days there were motels hotels wouldn't accommodate you restaurants wouldn't certain restaurants wouldn't accommodate you but in fact it could be a private home where you could 
you know, uh, rent a room for the night to stay, or there could be some place where you could, in fact, stop and get a meal for you and your family. But you had, you know, the book was that guide. It was a very valuable guide uh, for for the traveler. Absolutely. There were hospitals that wouldn't allow people. There you in. go. And That's I mean, right. when you when you look at that and of course, we also know that there were plenty of brutal murders in this country. And it is it's I don't think it's surprising to anyone. We've heard about it. But I also think that we have to remember it and it has to be talked about because yeah. these aren't things that are willingly going away. That's right. Absolutely. So on a very different uh, trajectory. Um, what's your favorite donut place? <laughs> I used to, uh, uh, it's still around. I just haven't, for some reason, and it's not far from me. It's called Maggie's Donuts, M-A-G-E-E. -E. Uh, and I think there's a couple of them around town. Uh, but I still like to go there. Uh, I, I, it is a, now this other one is a chain, but I have to say that, you know, the donuts are not too bad. Winchell's is, is still holds up to me, uh, you know, from my childhood as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I would, but I would definitely say Maggie's and, and, and Winchell's is, is, is not, not too, not too shabby. Uh, but of course, at my age and now, I'm just I'm trying to cut down more. But yes, but when I do, when 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 the will when the will is weak, <laughs> yeah, I, I might have one a month. I I could have one every day, but my waistline would show it. There you sure. go. That's right. That's it. Gary, do you have a website or a, a social media you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I I barely have a website, Dan. I, I you know again, I, I I'm not much on social media, but I, I have a website. It's uh gdphillips.com and it's fairly up to date so there's 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 usually something there uh and then i do have a i have a facebook presence that's about that's about all i have i guess i should i should have more but i you know you i'll leave it to TikToking and the, and the instagram <laughs> i'll leave all that to you young people it's just, all it's, right well you know, it, 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 it eludes me when when you're at your 22nd novel and it sounds like you've got some more finished, uh, it's understandable how you may not spend your entire day on social media. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gary, once again, thank you for joining me. The book is One Shot Harry. I cannot recommend it enough. Dan, thank you so much for having me. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hang on for me just a minute. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan. <laughs>